Hi, and welcome to Edge Church Podcast. To get connected, visit our website, edgechurch.ca.za, or send us a WhatsApp on 076-032-3664. Say hi, and we'll connect with you. Our sermons can be found on our YouTube channel. Today, we're in our series, It's Your Choice, The Truth About Decisions. Enjoy listening to the sermon today. What a beautiful time, just being in God's presence this morning and being in worship. And there was such a tangible sense of God this morning. And I am believing we had an amazing 8.30 service, and I'm believing now for our 10.30 service. I'm going to say it because I can, because you're the 10th, the best, the best service <laughs> of the day. Well, before I get into, because today we conclude our series of It's Your Choice. But before I get into that, two things that I want to just speak into very quickly is that tomorrow, you heard about it, we are starting our week of prayer and fasting. And I want to encourage you, where you're seated right now in front of you, you'll see is one of these in the pouch. Take it out now. I'm giving you permission. You know, usually they say, don't touch it until I finish talking. Um, But take a look at it. Because what we've done is that we've been able to put together for us as a church to go through a devotional this week. But then also to be intentional. And you say to me, why? What happens? What do we do in a week of prayer and fasting? I've never done it. I don't know what to expect. Fasting, I don't understand. Is it just so that we go on a diet for a week and then we do? No, that is the benefit of doing a bit of fasting. But fasting really is about drawing nearer to God. That's the purpose of it. I I love the saying that I heard. It's like pushing the reset button of our soul. And it does something that renews us from the inside out. You see, because it's growing closer. It's it's eliminating other distractions to say, God, I'm pursuing you. When when all you want to do is eat that samosa in front of you, you're going, Jesus, I'm drawing closer to you right now in this moment. (laughs) And there's moments where you're like, it's your default. You know, you're just going to check Instagram and now you can't. So you're like, what do I do? You take that time to draw closer to Jesus. And you say, how do I fast? I don't know how to do this. I've never been a part of something like this. Well, in here, we describe it a little better. There are four different types of fasts that you can do. There's a full fast, there's a partial fast, there's what's also known as the um, selective fast, and then also what's called a soul fast. So maybe you're saying, medically, I cannot, I, I can't fast because of this and this and this. You can do what's called a soul fast. Soul fast is where we decide, and, and particularly with social media or TV, and you say, you know what, I'm going to fast all of that to take care of what's going on inside of my soul. There are many ways. And then on Wednesday, we gather midweek. Now, we all know how we feel midweek on a Wednesday. Midweek, we're going to gather here together where we're going to go into our prayer service. And I'm believing, I really am believing. I was so challenged by what Tony said in week two of the series. He says, why is it that prayer service are the most poorly attended within the church? Because if our culture speaks about we're God first, meaning we pray first, that would be a, a, a reflection of we're trusting God. And so we're going to gather together. What do we do? Don't worry, we're not going to make you one by one come up with the mic and say a prayer in front of a whole audience. We don't do that. But we're going to take time to worship. We spend time in live worship. We're going to take time to actually pray with you. You've got prayer needs. You say, I'm trusting for this. Our pastoral team, we're going to take time to pray with you. We're going to pray with others. And we get recharged to go into the rest of our week. Amen? So we're going to be a part of our prayer and fasting. And I encourage you to commit because also, it's all part of it. We really believe in If you call each church your home next week, Sunday, we're going to be sharing the vision. We're going to be sharing where we believe God's calling us. We know it will always be love God and love people. That, that's without doubt. But God's calling us to focus on certain areas going into this year. We saw what we did in Rebuild. 
but we trust him for what he's going to do in 2023. So I'm, I'm, I'm calling. I'm calling. You are a member of Edge Church. You prioritize. Next week, Sunday, I am here. Regardless of what comes, I'm going to be here or online so that I can hear where my church is going. Amen? And so what I want to do is that I want to pray into those two things already. We speak about praise our first response, not our last resort. And I don't know about you, but going into a week of prayer and fasting, there can be many distractions that come our way before I go into it. Monday morning you wake up, you're like, after you've eaten breakfast, oh, you're flip, we're fasting. Oh, well, you know what? Might as well just not, just not do it. I'm really, guys, hear me. I'm really believing that something is significant is going to happen in this week. And we're going to hear testimonies of what God has done, what you're believing for, what you're trusting for. We're going to hear that God has done it in this week of prayer and fasting. And that we're believing for what's going to happen on Sunday. So, church, all of you, let's pray already now in this moment to believe for this coming week. So, if you feel comfortable, put your hand on your heart. You're saying, God, something inside of me I'm believing for. And then I'm trusting for our church. So, God, you as your people. As we go into this, this week of, of prayer and fasting, a week of drawing closer to you and, and saying, I want to be more devoted, I pray that you would help us. God, I pray that the very things that we trust you for, that in this week we would feel more of your presence and your purpose of what you're calling for. And then as we gather again next week Sunday, for what you want to do within this church, you have done such incredible things, but I'm believing for the greater what's going to happen. And so as your people, our hearts are ready. We're expectant. And God's people say it together. Amen. 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 Well, we're ready for last week, very last sermon of It's Your Choice. You know, for the last four weeks, we've been speaking into this principle of, of the quality of your life is often determined by the quality of the decisions that you've made decisions that you have made prior to how you've acted. And now the thing is, for a lot of us, we actually are not great decision makers. We struggle to make decisions in life. And so we've been going through the series and we've been looking at different ways and, and quickly recap week one, we spoke into how it's a new year, it's new beginnings, and what does that mean? Week two, we spoke into the power of consistency, about this truth that if we stay committed and there's consistency, God is there. And then I spoke last week into what does it mean to be devoted, to draw closer to God? But this week, I'm going to conclude our series. And you know, it's always about this time of the year and, and really the heart behind the series. What we were believing and trusting God for this series is that it's usually about this time of the year where many of us, we make decisions by saying, I want to be better this year. You know what? I'm trusting for this area. I'm believing for this. And, and we can call it New Year's resolutions, goals, what, whatever, New Year, New Me, you know, that whole saying that we have. And, and we make decisions, and that's good. Hear me, I have goals and things that I set for this year that I'm believing because I know God wants more for me personally. So it's a good thing. But now we find ourselves on the 29th of January. Four weeks have passed. We made a decision for a lot of us on the 1st of Jan about certain goals and resolutions. Now I want to ask, this is a safe place. We sang the Lord is here in this place. We sang, how are those resolutions still going? Think about it. How are those <laughs> commitments that we made? You know, I'm not going to eat Krispy Kremes anymore. I'm going to gym every day. I'm going to draw closer to God. I'm, I'm going to be every single Sunday. I'm not going to miss church. I'm going to be there. How are those still going? Is there still that level of determination? Is there still that drive to say, yes, I've got it? Or is there a sense 
If you're like me, if I have to see one more hard-boiled egg for breakfast in the morning, I want to lose my mind. <laughs> because all I want to do is eat potato samosas and a packet of knickknacks. <laughs> for breakfast. <laughs> Don't laugh. I know many of you say like that, but you also want to eat those potato samosas first thing in the morning. I was doing some research about this whole thing about goals and resolutions that we, we set, and it's quite scary to read some of the stats. Now, it scared me, but in the same breath, I was like, why does this surprise me? Because I know I'm one of those statistics as I read these things. <laughs> Listen to what the stats are. They say 9% of people successfully keep their New Year's resolution. Only 9%. You're very, this is a word of life to you this morning. <laughs> 23% of people quit by the end of the first week. So we've already passed that three weeks ago. 64% after the first month, and this is according to a study of Australian and the UK citizens, 81% people quit after the second year of doing something that they decided they were going to do. You know what? Most people quit on the second Friday of the month, and you say, how do I know that? Well, you know the app Strava that monitors your running, and you know those people that you always see their little maps that they got going on there? I'm like... <laughs> Good for you. Well, well, and I'm like, I look at that, but no jokes, I downloaded the app last week. <laughs> Just to make sure that when I say this, I can, at least I can go there. So there's a regular, you know, they post runs that they always post selfies of, and look at us running, and it's amazing. But do you know what Strava says? Strava says that the second Friday of the month, they call it Quitter's Day. Because most of the people quit on the second Friday of the month, they quit their exercise program. 43% of people expect to give up their goals by February, which explains why there are such a high rate in January of people giving up on the things that they just started. So I thought to myself, why do we call it New Year's resolutions? Why don't we just call it January resolutions? <laughs> we, we get out of it easier to go, I committed in the month of, of January to that. But jokes aside, today my message I want to speak about, I want to speak into this principle of not giving up. And I've actually titled my message today, Don't Quit. Don't quit. Now, please hear me. I, I'm not just speaking about doing your exercise routine that you committed on the 1st of Jan. I'm not just speaking about New Year's resolutions. It's more than that. Today, I'm speaking to those who, who might feel like, you know what, I want to give up. And it might vary in different ways and, and different situations that you've been, but it might be something that you've, you've had this goal, you've had this dream, this vision for your life, but then there's, there's this, this hiccup. These is moments of resistance. There's the things of like, I'm not seeing any progress. Nothing's really happening, but, but, I, but I have this dream. I had this vision for my life, but honestly, I'm not seeing anything. And there's discouragement, and there's a level of like, I just want to give up. Maybe it's a relationship. You have tried, you tried to restore it, you even reached out, but then actually it resulted in even it being worse right now. I mean, it's your marriage, and you're saying, it's worse than ever before, and I, I don't know how else to do this. I've been trying to do this, and right now I'm running out of fight inside of me. Maybe you believe for a miracle. You believe for your child to come back to Jesus. You believe for a miracle when it comes to your finances or healing or provision or addictions, and you said, I don't want to carry this again, but I've been asking God for this addiction for so long. When is it going to happen? And you've tried and you believed and you prayed and you prayed and you've stood here and you've lifted your hand and you're saying, God, I'm trusting for you, but you're losing hope. I want to speak to you who's saying, I just want to quit. I don't want to do this anymore. Because I believe 
with God's help first and foremost. Yes, last week I spoke about seek first the kingdom of God. With God first and then some choices, some decisions that we need to make about not quitting, that we're gonna see the faithfulness of God for us to finish the race that he called for us to run. And do you know what? Each one of you, there's a unique race that he called you to run. Your purpose, your identity, he says, I want you to do this. Because I know I have plenty of experience. Trust me, I can speak first-hand experience on this truth, that it's a lot easier to start something than to finish it. Except when it comes to food. I'm good at starting it and finishing it. <laughs> but when it comes to like, yeah, no, I'm going to do this. It's a lot easier to, to start something, but to see it through, oof, this is where it gets challenging. And this idea of being a finisher, of not quitting, there's this truth in me that, that often we, we really need to speak about it to understand because if you, have you ever asked yourself this question? What is, the, what is the reason why some people are just more successful? What is it about those people that, that they just seem to be more fulfilled in life? And, and what is it about them that makes to be, to the rest of us, they just keep doing what they always said they were going to do and look at them now? Can I tell you what the difference is between that? Let me first start off by telling you what it's not. It's got nothing to do with the intelligence. It's got nothing to do with appearance, talent, or education. It's not who or what they know. Now, all of those things help. Please, I'm not discrediting it. But actually, the difference comes down to those who are successful in what they were called in the vision, and versus those who have given up, it comes down to this word called perseverance. See, perseverance, it's their perseverance. It was their thing of saying, I'm not giving up on this. I've committed, so I'm not going to quit in this very thing. I'm going to finish it. I have this grit to finish this race. And Angela Duckworth is a famous author. She wrote a book. And what she did was so fascinating. She took research. She took time to, to, to interview these top business leaders. She took time to interview military leaders. She took time to interview um, teachers that are in a very challenging environment. She took a whole bunch of grade fives who are like the best in the world at spelling. And she asked them questions and she tried to understand what is the unique characteristics of these people that are successful more than even others. And do you know what she came? And she wrote the book called Grit. And she said this was the trait, the characteristics of these people was this very word grit. And you know what grit means? It's a strength of character that refuses to quit. That what displayed in front of them whether these people, they had the strength of character saying, yes, even in the tough times, I'm not giving up on this very thing. And she quotes that enthusiasm is common, but endurance is rare. It's great to start something. Yes, come on, we're going to exercise and we're going to go for this. But then the endurance is tough. And that's why I want to speak about that there is a choice. This whole series is, is speaking about the choices that we make today will impact our tomorrow. There's a choice that we have when it comes to what am I going to do about this? There's a choice that I either need to make is that I'm committed not to quit or I'm just giving up. The choice is yours. And so I think we need to go to God's word because if we look and say, so what does it mean as a disciple? It's great. We read this book on grit and Angela Duckworth and all that she's done. But actually, the word of God is where we take our basis and our foundation on. 
And what does God's word say to us as devoted and followers of Christ is saying, oh, you know what, I'm a finisher. I don't just quit because, you know, it's getting a little too tough now. That what is the difference? What kind of strength or perseverance do we as those who are devoted, who can believe for the much more and the greater things that God has for us in store, what does it require from us? I want to look at what Paul says. Paul speaks about this, and the Apostle Paul, he has, he's writing this letter. In the context of 2 Timothy and what's taking place in this moment, he's that he was writing a, a very emotional farewell letter to his, his spiritual son called Timothy. And he's writing to him, and you must understand the context of, of where he's writing from, why it's such an emotional farewell. It's because at that time, the Roman emperor Nero had sentenced Paul to be beheaded. And so now he's awaiting his time to be beheaded, and, and they put him into a dungeon below the ground, which they say was probably like a sewage drainage pipe. And there he is, waiting. They speak about how so often these prisoners that are waiting to be beheaded would die because of conditions of where they found themselves below the ground in these pits before they were even beheaded. That's just a little bit of the context of when Paul's writing this. So when you read this verse, I believe it's so important to understand the context to see how God's word comes alive in these very moments. So you understand the situation that Paul is sitting in, all the stuff that's around him, you know, sewage pipe, all that stuff that's around him. He's now writing later knowing, I'm going to be beheaded any moment. And he says these words to Timothy. Look what it says in 2 Timothy 4, verse 5 to 7. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Okay, this man's about to be beheaded. He's sitting in a pit with a whole bunch of stuff floating all around him. And he's saying, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Can I just say that in actual sense, this speaks about how we will all go through things. When we believers of Christ, there will be suffering. I'm sorry, I, I know you're like, where did the encouragement this morning? But this is truth. You know, as a believer, there's many sufferings that we experience. But the Paul goes on and he says these very things. He says, work, one back next, work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. In all other words, he's saying to you, finish the work that God has given to you. Don't, you're not done yet. He's saying to Timothy, make sure you finish the work that God has given to you because as for me, I know what's coming. I'm going to be beheaded. As for me, I've already poured out my life as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. And then look what Paul says in verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. You know how powerful this is when you read this and you think of the context of a Paul's going to be beheaded. And he's writing, he says, I have finished the race. There's like peace that he's writing here. I have done it all. I have given myself. And there's something that's so obvious is that Paul's race was going to finish. But can I tell you right now, our race is not finished yet. If there's still breath in your lungs, your race is not done. You know why we can say that God has much more for you still? If there's still air in your lungs, your race is not finished that God has called of you. 
and you're saying, but I feel so discouraged, you're feeling like giving up, I want you to hear this. God has more for us. I spoke last week, I'm going to continue speaking of this year. There is much more that God desires for us as a church, for you personally. There's more people to love. There's a greater impact that we have. There's more in our relationships and our marriages and our families and our community. There is greater things that I believe God desires for every one of us. But do we believe that? Or are we in a place of saying, but I've quit. I don't want to do this anymore. Paul then says, he goes, I want you to finish the race that was tasked for you. And then again, you say, but Dan, you don't understand the situations we are in. You don't understand. I've been around for so long. And it's, it's true. So some of you, you have been in this church longer than I have been here. And you say, I've seen it all. I don't, I don't actually believe that this is going to change. Or your situation, you're saying, it's literally impossible. I just, it's rather better if I just quit on all of this. I want you to hear this word that I believe. When I was praying, I said, God, this is prophetic for us to speak today. Jesus says to the church in Sardis in Revelation 3, and I speak this as your pastor to those who are saying, I find myself in this situation. You said, I want to give up. Look what Jesus says to the church in Sardis in Revelation 3. He says, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. I don't know how many of you feel like that. You might not publicly be saying it to people. You're saying, I know all the things that you can do. You serve, you can do all these things. You might put on the reputation that, that you are this believer, I should know more, but you know very well inside of you, you are not living what God has called you to live, and there's parts of you that is dead. I show up Sunday after Sunday because that's what you do. But inside, there's a level of death that's happened. But listen to what Jesus says, and I want to speak this over you as an encouragement. We sang those words. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Listen to what Jesus says. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds. Take note. And finished, meaning there's still what God has for you in your life. He says, it's not finished yet. There's more that I desire. And I'll ask you the question, what in your life at the moment, what business in your life is unfinished? What is it as a follower of Jesus? You know, you were supposed to, you were, you hoped for, you were gonna do that, but what business in your life is unfinished that you have not done yet that God has called you? And it can be different for every single one of us. Some of you are like, I've tried to heal this broken relationship, you, you, but you've never reached out. But I've tried. You're telling everyone else, we, we did this, but, but truthfully inside you, you didn't want restoration. What business are you saying, God, I know you prompted me to share my faith, but actually, I'm too embarrassed. Levels of saying, God, I knew I was supposed to give something. I know I was supposed to give there. You've been telling me to financially give, but you still haven't done it. You're supposed to have finished your degree, but it hasn't happened. You're supposed to have lost those 10 kilograms, and you're going, God, please help me again. That was my, yeah. You were supposed to have apologized to someone, and it still hasn't happened. What business is unfinished in your life at the moment? You know, we have to go to God's word 
Because I could, I could give all these great, we could read books of Angela Duckworth or Grit and, and they're great and everything like that. And I, and I do that. I love it. But I need to come to the, what the Word of God says that's truth. That is the, the final word on what is said in a matter or a situation. So what unfinished business have you got in your life? We need to go to God's Word. And God's Word speaks about it. And Paul says this again in 2 Corinthians. He says, this is my advice, so listen up. You have unfinished business in your life? This is my advice to you that you need to hear. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Change that to when you first got saved, but you've lost your first love. Change it to when, when, you, when you started doing that and you were serving, but now you just, I give up. And it doesn't appeal to me anymore. What do you need to do that once you started a year ago, last year you were the first who wanted to give, passionate, I'm going to be involved, I'm going to do this. You were the first to begin doing it. But look what he says. Paul says, now you should finish what you started. I believe God is calling for us to be finishers that don't just quit. Church, hear me. And Paul says these words in a way that I believe speaks right to us. And I thought to myself, God, it's only you. Last week we spoke to this thing of being closer and devoted, but actually this is only God. When I read these words, I'm like, God, this is you that's speaking to us. Paul says these words, and I believe with the unfinished business that maybe we have in our life. Acts 20, verse 24, he says these words. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. And my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me. And you're like, well, what's the task? The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. What does that mean? Always coming back to saying it's only God that's done this in my life. It's because of Him why I keep still showing up. It's because of, I'm testifying. We sang that song. This is my testimony. I don't, I don't know if we fully even understand the weight of those words that we were singing this morning. That I've been justified. That I've been saved. I don't deserve it, but this is my testimony. And that's the task that He's given to me to be able to tell others about the good news of Jesus. That my life would reflect that. That people would be drawn to that. There's something in this verse that I don't want us to miss, and sometimes you can miss it because he says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. There's a phrase that Paul's saying that tells us that Paul wasn't running this race for himself. So it's very lines. I consider my life worth nothing to me. Because he considered his life worth nothing to me, he said, this was not about me. I'm not running this race for me, meaning it's not about me. It's not about my, my dreams and my desires, my retirement fund, my popularity. Actually, at the end of the day, it's got nothing to do with me. It's about running the race that God called out so that I could testify of the good news that Jesus has done in my life. That others would know about this. But so often, and I, guys, I'm the same. There's other things in my life that, that I hold on to. That I believe that he's saying, can you please consider that worth nothing to you? If, if you devoted to me and you're following me and you're saying, I'm running this race for you, 
and a greater devotion, I think we need to ask ourselves this question and, and this statement, I consider my blank worth nothing to me because it'll differ for each one of us. Why Jesus speaks about where your heart is, there your treasure will be. What are you holding on to the most at the moment? I consider my, my net worth nothing to me. I consider my, my comfort, my ease, my popularity, my, my social media followers. I consider all of that actually nothing to me. If I could just run this race that Jesus called on me and I can get to the end and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. All of that means nothing. That's the devotion that last week I started speaking about, what we're going to be speaking into that I believe God is calling for us, for us to see the much more. What do we need to consider worth nothing? Because how we run our race, how do we finish? How do we not be quitters? When you look at the life of Paul, we don't run it for ourselves, we run it for God. We run it for God every step that we take. And let me tell you, there's times where you don't want to take that next step and yet God, all he's asking you is saying, will you just show up? Just take the next step. But Jesus, if you, just take the next step. I don't feel you anymore in my quiet times. I don't feel you in my, just keep taking the next step and showing up. I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. Just take the next step and keep showing up. I don't want to be the one that's providing for my family. Take the next step. You look at the life of Jesus, everything that he did, it wasn't for himself. He was running for his father. All the way to, and you see the emotional ending of his life. He gets to the very moment and, and, he, and you see how he goes onto the cross and all he did was to take the next step. Even hanging upon the cross, he looks up in that last moment and he cries to his father and he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then he says the Greek word tetelestai, meaning it is finished. He knew, Jesus knew, I came to do the race my father sent me. And now I'm finished. And he committed his spirit. All the, through his life, through what happened in Jesus' life, you take him as our prime example. He just kept showing up. When the people hated him, he took the next step and he loved people back. When they slapped him in his face, he took the next step and he said, turn out the cheek. Don't take revenge. When he was carrying the cross up the hill and he fell, he got up and he took the next step and he went to the cross. When he was on the cross and they were mocking and laughing at him, the very people he led, he took the next step and he said to his father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus kept taking the next step. And I'm saying to you, H Church, how do we finish this race that God has called you? Keep taking the next step. Being devoted to him, he's saying, Father, I don't know what it is, but once more, I'm going to pray a prayer. Once more, I'm going to make that phone call. I'm going to have that conversation. I'm going to even give because I know it's financially difficult. Once more, I'm going to trust. Even though they hurt me again and again, once more, I'm going to forgive them. What is the one step you need to keep taking? 
But what do you do when you've got nothing left? It happens. When you're saying, I got no fight left in me. I have done this over and over again. You have loved and they've taken advantage of you. You have given what they don't even care about and, and you have just keep doing it. And you're saying, there's no results. I keep doing this, but there's no results. There's no change. What do you do when you're tired of running? In 1992, at the Barcelona Olympics, there was a British runner named Derek Hammond who was a potential favorite for the 400 meter race. And you'll see, he, he starts his race. You can put the video up. There he is, number five. He was said he was gonna be the one who wins and then all of a sudden, he pulls his hamstring. His dreams of winning go and then all of a sudden, his dad from the crowd comes running out and literally carries his son to the finish line. His son, the Olympic runner, didn't have it anymore. And his dad said, I will get you across this line so that you are still a finisher. He could have easily just walked off on the side. I want you to hear this church. When you're saying there's no more in me, a Savior comes and He says, I will carry you through this. Because there's one confidence Philippians speaks in this. One, one thing that we can hold on to, that we are assured of this truth. Be confident of this. I don't know how this is going to work out. There's nothing left inside of me. I have so much fear and anxiety. God, you call me for this, but I just want to give up. But I have this one confidence that he who began the good work in you. Change it. Put your name in there. He who began the good work in Daniel will carry it to completion until the day I go and be with my Father in heaven. See, this is the life that I want to live. I want to be able to, to, to one day say that I ran the race that He called for me. That's the greater devotion that I believe He's calling of us. He says, will we take this deeper in our devotion to Him? Will we run the race that He called of us? I think it's interesting to ask yourself the question, why do so many people quit? Why, why do so many quit on their marriage? Why do they quit on their dreams? Why do they quit on God? I think if I say this with most sensitivity, the most simplest reason, and I know all these situations are not simple, but I think because quitting is still an option for too many of us. It was a never an option for Jesus. On that cross, he knew at that point when he took his last breath, he had finished, but he never, through all the pain, through all that he endured, through all the mockery, throughout his upbringing, when they believed him and then they don't believe, he never quit. I believe quitting is too much of an option for us. What if when we got married, we said, I'm not married to a contract. I'm married into a covenant, meaning 
I'm with this. Even this is not how I thought it would be. It's a covenant I made. Quitting is not an option. What if God calls a vision, a dream for your life? He's spoken this over you. And then you're saying, you know what? I don't understand anymore. Can I tell you, can you run to God? We are not running this race for ourselves. We're running it to God. And then he says, he assures us, I will be with you. I will carry you like that father carried Derek. He says, I will carry you to the day of completion, even when you can't continue. When you're saying, I'm confused, I don't understand, and there's discouragement and there's fear and doubt, run to God with all of those things. Don't run away from Him and quit. And go, this pain is too great. Run to God. Run with Him. And and please hear me, the heart of this message, it's not about creating like a rah-rah, we don't quit, eye of the tiger, let's do this. And we just, it's not that. Angela Duckworth's quote when she says that enthusiasm is common, but endurance is rare. See, this message is speaking about perseverance. Even in my fear, my unbelief, God says, not for a moment have I forsaken you. Not for a moment have I walked out upon you. And he says, today, I'm still with you. I'm still with you. My presence is here. Will you run to me? You're going, Dan, I don't know how we're going to pay for this. I want to do this. Run to Jesus. Don't quit now. Don't quit on what he spoke on your life. Well, it's not looking how it should be. Don't quit what God started so that one day you can say, I finished the race that he called for me. And he looks and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. This message is not about a rah-rah, yeah, yeah, let's do this, or that. This message is about actually, it's a choice. There's a choice. There's a choice we have that with God and the choice I make, I'm not going to quit. You see, when I commit, I'm not going to quit. When we come to that place of saying, actually, this choice is about making a commitment to God. God, I'm committing to you. And I ask you again that question, what unfinished business do you have in your life? You know God's called you to grow closer, but you're feeling, I just want to give up. He knows, he says, will you keep showing up at church? Will you keep being involved? Will you keep giving financially? Will you keep staying in your marriage? Don't quit on it. Will you not quit on your job? Will you not quit up showing for Jesus every day? There's a commitment that he calls for us. A commitment to say, I'm going to persevere to follow Jesus. So right now in this moment, with all eyes closed, I truly sense God's presence and I felt it right from the very beginning of worship that God is speaking. I was itching to think, maybe let me just get up straight after worship to preach. But I believe that there are those here today that you're saying, 
I want to quit. It doesn't matter if it's still the first month of the year. But today, here in the presence of God, that I truly believe that He's calling us to say, don't quit. I see your pain. I see your hurt. But don't quit, my child. I know firsthand what you have felt. I know the pain, what you have gone through. But don't quit. And right now in this moment, will you ask the Holy Spirit just to speak to you? What is he saying to you that's unfinished business in your life? Just speak to him right now. Time to speak to you. What on a finished business is he saying, Don't quit on? now I want you to allow the Holy Spirit just to flood right over you. If you're comfortable, just go to that place and say, Jesus, fill me right now. Because His presence is here. Receive it. You don't need anyone to lay hands on you. The presence of God is moving right now. His Holy Spirit is real. And He's saying, I want to meet you where you are, my presence is here. I want you to hear these words that not for a moment will I ever forsake you. Why? Because I'm with you. I'm right here. Just breathe in the Spirit of God. worship. Receive the Spirit of God. Come Holy Spirit. God speak into those areas of your life.
Thank you, Jesus. I believe there are many in this place that actually need to make a commitment to God. To say, God, I'm not quitting. What, whatever the area is, that you need, to, you need to make a commitment. Say, I'm not going to quit. And if that's you and you're saying, Dan, pray for me, I don't wanna quit. I'm believing and trusting God. I want you to just lift your hand saying, pray for me. I'm making a commitment. And can I tell you, my hand is raised because I'm making a commitment to God right now as well. You're saying you're making a commitment. You're not gonna quit in the certain area of your life, whatever it is, lift it up. Many hands. Father, for every hand that is lifted and that's making a commitment to you, commitment saying, I'm not gonna quit. I'm trusting you. I don't know what the outcome's gonna be. I don't know how it's gonna look, but God, I'm gonna run this race that you call me. I am trusting you. I don't run this alone. I'm running it with you and I'm running it for you. And as I continue to pray, and you can put your hands down, I wanna pray for those and every single Sunday we will do this prayer. You're saying, will you pray for me? I've never actually made that decision to follow Jesus today. You can make the greatest decision, whether you're in person, online joining us, a decision that will change your life forever, the greatest choice of following Jesus. If that's you, you're saying, Dan, I wanna commit my life to God. I, I know that I haven't been following him in a how. I wanna, all you have to do is to make a decision and a choice to follow him. And it's a simple prayer, but I want you to mean it from your heart. So you're saying, will you pray for me? I wanna know who I'm praying for. With all other eyes are closed. If you're saying, Dan, will you pray for me to make a decision to follow Jesus? Just lift your hand. So I know I'm praying for. Just lift it into the sky and say, Dan, will you pray for me? Amen. And you can put it down. Amen. You can put it down. Amen. Amen. Saying, will you pray for me? I'll make a commitment to follow Jesus. One more time. Lift it up. I know I'm praying for. Apostoral team, amen. You guys can put it down. Apostoral team online will pray for those who are indicated online. But right now, I want you to say this prayer with me for those who, to lift their hands. Jesus, today, on the 29th of Jan, I commit my life to you. Today, I choose to follow you. I ask that you be with me. I ask that you forgive me. And on this day forward, I choose you. And God's people say together, amen, amen, amen. We trust that you enjoyed listening to the sermon today. We would love to stay in touch with you about your next steps. Please send us a WhatsApp or contact us via our website. We would love to help you on your discipleship journey.